in the beginning, a newcomer artist needs to do everything themselves. Like usually, or I get it so many times that newcomer artists, they come to me and they think, okay, if I sign with this manager now, magically my career will become successful. But it's actually not the case in the beginning. Artists always need to do the hustle themselves and put in the work, put in the hours themselves. And with this work and hours, get own bookings. And this is how you develop your first revenue stream. Are you ready to level up your game as a DJ and producer and break into the electronic music scene? Welcome to the Break Into The Scene podcast, where you will hear the stories of DJs and producers about how they got where they are today and how they broke into the electronic music scene. On top of all that, industry experts share their tips on specific topics, such as how to build your brand as a DJ and artist today, how to build connections in the industry, how to get more gigs as a DJ, and many, many more. So if you're ready to take your music career to the next level, Buckle up, my friend, because this podcast will show you how. I'm your host, DJ Resonant, host of Resonant Radio and former host of the Mindset Horizon, podcast interview mastery and podcasting for influence podcasts. What is up, my friend? Welcome back to the Break Into the Scene podcast. Today, I have a super exciting guest for you who shared many tangible tips during the interview. So I'm sure that you're going to walk away from this episode with some useful tips that you can implement immediately in your music career. But before I introduce today's guest, make sure to sign up at resonant.com forward slash podcast news. That's resonant.com forward slash podcast news to receive regular updates about new episodes. If you want to get in touch with me, hit me up on the socials. My Instagram is resonant.dj or visit my website resonant.com. And now let me introduce today's guest. My guest today is Gernot Müller, who brings a full decade of experience to the table at Voltage Circus. In fact, the company is his creation, stemming from the experience he received working for Armada Music and wanting to create his own music marketing agency with a brand new direction. At the beginning of his career, Gernot was a DJ, so he understands the struggles and needs of up-and-coming artists better than anyone. This allows him to combine his own experience and knowledge with his company's marketing strategies. He spent six years working for Dance Television, formerly known as Dance Trippin TV, of which he is now a shareholder. And finally, he made his way to Armada Music, where he was responsible for online marketing. During these 10 years working in the music industry, he learned everything he could about marketing for musical talent, as well as consulting with international DJs. This passion and drive led him to launching Walter Circus in 2019. At the beginning of the episode, Gernot shares his story of how he started Voltage Circus, a music marketing and management agency. We then dive deeper into discussing the concept of the fan conversion funnel, aka how to turn followers into superfans. Gernot also shares the secret of making it as an artist with only 8,000 true fans and why you don't need a huge number of followers to succeed. Later on in the episode, we talk about what makes people follow you in the age of social media. Is it about your music? Is it about your personality or maybe something else? Closer to the end, Gernot shares some tangible data around how much time you actually need to invest in your music project in order to break through and make a transition from your 9-to-5 job to becoming a professional 
DJ, and artist. Again, if you want to receive regular updates about new episodes, all you need to do is sign up at resonant.com forward slash podcast news. That's resonant.com forward slash podcast news. And so without any further ado, my friend, here's my interview with Gernot Müller. Gernot, welcome to the Breaking to the Scene podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Super excited to have you on the show. Actually, I was wondering when um, I was preparing for the interview, uh, what I really like about this so far, you're the second guest on the show. So I'm, I'm starting with a little story, which is um, from 2019 to 2021. I hosted three different shows, but 99.9% of my guests were from the US. And so I never got to, to meet anyone in person. And with this show, I was actually, I had this idea that I'm going to keep it local uh, as, as much as I can. I'm based in Berlin. You are not from Berlin. And the previous guest was from the UK, actually. But fortunately enough, we got to meet uh, in person, right? In uh, At the Berlin Dance Music event uh, this year, which is 2023 for the listeners in the future. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's really good. You know, I really wanted to have like a local podcast in the sense that uh, this was my learning from the past that, you know, I had those shows, but I never got to meet those people in person. And I actually stayed in touch with a couple of them, like especially in the podcasting circles. I got to meet um, a mastermind group from the U.S. on a, on a weekly basis um, or biweekly, actually. But yeah, it's it's a good thing. But, you know, this in-person connection is, is missing a little bit. So I'm I'm glad that we could meet in person uh, at the Berlin Dance Music event. And I also got to meet uh, Graham Farmer, who's like super tall, I found out. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. Like, he's huge. It's funny. Yeah, I was like, whoa, man, you're like, like a basketball player or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I wanted to start this conversation with the BDME uh, Berlin Dance Music event. How was it for you? And maybe you have some key learnings uh, i also have something in mind i'm glad to share uh yeah it was overall it was really good um i like these kind of music conferences because as you were saying it's nice to go out and meet people in person not only after covid but also because i feel like meeting people in person you build a much stronger relationship and uh music industry is all about who you know and who knows you and the relationships that you have so I actually really enjoy going out to these music conferences, even though by now I don't actually stick around so much with the panels anymore. I'm actually just networking with the people um, after, I guess I'm in the industry now for 12 years. I have quite a quite a network of people and I need to look after this network. It's not just uh, meeting someone and then, you know, you can get back to this person after five years or after seven years. It's like constantly refreshing these uh, connections. And that's always what I like to do when I go to music conferences like Berlin Dance Music Event, Amsterdam Dance Event, uh, International Music Summit, and so on. Nice. So I was actually, you're asking me for my key learnings. Uh, I have to be honest, I, <laughs> I, I didn't really attend any uh, any panel talks. Uh, there was one <laughs> there was one talk by the, um, by the agency called Magnify, who also do artist marketing. They do event marketing. And I went to one of their talks where they spoke about doing WhatsApp newsletters for festivals. Mm. So people that buy a ticket for a festival and they introduce a WhatsApp newsletter. I found this quite interesting, but uh, yeah, you got me here. This was the only <laughs> the only panel <laughs> that I attended and kind of the only learnings I had. On the other side, uh, I met a lot of people, made, made more connections, and that was always very important to me. 
I love it. Thanks for sharing. Uh, same for me. Same for me. I really like these uh, in-person conferences where you get to meet people. Um, my key takeaway, I have to say, I was attending more like marketing uh, discussions. It was uh, community. That's the key word, you know, like building a community <laughs> is kind of like you as an artist or a DJ, or even if you have a service, like how, how do you build a community around you, your brand and whatever it is. So that was um, a key takeaway for me, I have to say, but maybe it's because I was just attending these marketing <laughs> discussions. Um, yeah. And you also had a panel, uh, if I'm not mistaken, around uh, when do new DJs need management or maybe also artists. So we will get into that. But before we do, you're the founder of Voltage Circus. So tell us a little bit more about your journey with Voltage Circus and, you know, how did this journey unfold for you when you decided to start the, the business? Essentially, I started Voltage Circus maybe three, three or four years ago. Um, it was because I was working for a big dance label and I just I had a lot of artists always come to me and ask me to do marketing for them because I was very well connected in the scene. I don't know, I got involved in the music industry around 2010, uh, just because I liked electronic music. I was DJing like um, most, all, most of all the other people. And I was living in Amsterdam uh, back in the days because I went there to, to study. And I met during Amsterdam Dance Event 2010 or 11, I met some guys who had just started a uh, dance music uh, YouTube and TV channel. Uh, it was called Dance Trip and TV back in the days. And I got uh, involved with them. Um, I sort of uh, became a shareholder in the company. And together we were doing Dance Stripping TV for a couple of years. Um, Dance Stripping was essentially, um, we went to music festivals, we recorded DJs playing, we uploaded it to YouTube. Um, and then sort of, because we had so much content, we started a TV channel, which is still available in a couple of countries. Uh, the biggest one is uh, the Netherlands on Ziggo. Uh, the YouTube channel now has over half a million followers. If you want to check this out, it's called uh, Dance TV because we rebranded at some point because we felt like the trip in and dance trip in is kind of not so suitable for the TV market. Um, the company is still active, um, but at some point I felt like I wanted to do something else. And I moved on to the dance label Armada Music, uh, which is the label of Armin Van Buren. And because I was doing marketing and business development for Dance Serpent TV, um, I also went into the marketing department of uh, Armada Music and Armin van Buren, and I did this for for some time. And because I had such an, such a huge network already from working for Dance Serpent TV, because I was kind of like the middleman between the company and the music industry, uh, I had constantly uh, DJs coming up to me and asking me if, if I can help them with the marketing. So. Because I'm a very nice guy. I just did this on the side for a while. I didn't ask for any money. Um, but I just, because I like these people, you know, I wanted to be involved. And I kind of did this, you know, like under the table. Um, also for like some competitors, some competitor artists of the Armada music artists. And they actually didn't like this so much um, when this came out at some point. And then they told me, okay, look, either you sort of, you need to stop doing this or we need to stop working with you. And then, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, I didn't like to work at Amada so much because it's such a big team and, uh, you know, it's like the things that you do are just very small because you're just a, like a small wheel of the whole engine that they have. Yeah. I then decided to leave Amada and pretty much just continue with the artist marketing that I was doing anyways already. 
and uh, then just started to charge money for it. And I guess this is was this was when Water Circus was born. Nice. So did it start as a side hustle, so to speak? Like, uh... yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a side hustle, uh, but more like not really because I wanted to make money with it, but more because I felt like, hey, I'm good at something. I can give back to the people and. In my opinion, making a connection is always about giving and not so much about taking in the beginning. And that's when I, you know, just did this for free for the people. And then uh, when I stopped with Amada, also I went for a short period of time, I went uh, to work for just a general online marketing agency because I wanted to advance my skills in online marketing a bit more. Oh, nice. So I did this to just, you know, to pay my rent and my uh, sort of my, my food and everything. And then, but on the side, already started to build up the agency and started to judge artists for for marketing services, started to develop the product, uh, kind of figuring out what artists actually need. And uh, yeah, so in the beginning, it was a side hustle, then it became like a 50-50. And then uh, I think it's like three years ago, I went uh, full-time. Wow, super nice. Uh, yeah, seems like a natural progression of, of, of the of, of the journey um, and very exciting. I basically, Definitely. but... You, you you were in marketing from the get-go, right? So you studied marketing and so you stayed in marketing, right? If I yep. understood you correctly. Cool. Exactly. Uh, I, yeah, I yeah. was a market. I studied marketing, but uh, never really any relation to music. Um, the whole music marketing that I'm doing now, figuring out how to do playlist plugging, how to, you know, build a social media for an artist. That's all stuff that I just taught myself. It's a really good point that you're saying that because I also work in marketing, but I don't work in music marketing just yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the the podcast is one of the one of the platforms where I can I can learn from brilliant experts like you. Speaking of career um, journeys and stuff, mine was a was a bit more eclectic, I, I have to say. Uh, I mean, I started architecture uh, after the university. I was involved in sales. And then basically I transitioned into to marketing. So it's interesting. You also mentioned you you were a DJ. Um, when was it? Like, was it before you started working or? This was more like um, I kind of started when I was, I think, 16. I just got involved. I got interested in electronic music. And then, you know, I bought like some, actually some turntables back then. And I had this one DJ that borrowed me. I don't know, like 30 of his records. And I just kept playing these records up and down. And then after finishing high school, I went to the US for a year and I met oh, uh, wow, two guys. Really? Yeah, that was cool. I met I met two guys. Uh, I was just studying there. Uh, just English as a second language, so not, nothing music related. And I met two cool. guys from the uh, university who ran a uh, at the local university radio station. They had a radio show. It's called Q Radio. And because I was a DJ and uh, I wanted to play, I kept hanging out with them and I really started to like, uh, we were hosting the show every week, I think from 10 p.m. till 2 a.m., so like super late. Uh, we were hosting the show, just talking bullshit on air and uh, you know, started to play. <laughs> I love it, man. And this is, and this is how I got really, when I got really into DJing and uh, continued the radio show for a while, then I moved to Amsterdam to study. And over there I actually became resident of uh, this club called Escape. Uh, which is a big uh, club in the heart of Amsterdam, um, like a big tourist club, uh, which also plays electronic music. And I always did the Thursdays over there. And then also wow. like toured a little bit and played some shows here and there. I enjoyed it, but at some point I felt like DJing is really my thing. I don't like to be in the spotlight that much. And mm -hmm. I'm not really that artist type of person, you know, who's like 
super super comfortable with social media and everything and like i understand the 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 theory of it i really know how to do it but i don't feel like i want to be the one that's in the spotlight mm. and that's kind of when i switched to from you know like being an artist to being the person behind the artist wow such an interesting story i didn't know this uh us thing <laughs> playing yeah. on the radio <laughs> yeah that's yeah, awesome yeah I, I, I still i still sometimes i like to do i like to do like a radio show or something because it's nice like you do uh, you know interviewing people is always uh Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. That's really nice. So you understand the struggles when it comes to making it as a DJ or maybe also an artist later. I don't know about, did you get into production also or were you just DJing? Uh, I tried it a bit, but I realized super quickly that uh, it's just so much work involved. Back in the days, I had this artist project called Join the Gang together with a friend of mine and he was the producer and I was just kind of like the, you know, the person playing. But um, I mean, this also didn't really work out because uh, he was also not so involved. But I realized quite soon that I just don't have the talent to produce music. I don't have the, you know, the patience to sit in the studio. And, uh, you know, you got to do the things that you're good at. And <laughs> making music for me definitely wasn't a thing where I was good at. It is a lot of work. And guys, like, you know, like you have to put in the work into like DJing and production and also like marketing, marketing your uh, yourself, your work. I, I always say 50 is 50, 50, 50% 50 marketing, 50% uh, music production. I'm like, how, you know, like, how is it even feasible? So I actually um, want to get into this a little bit later, but let's start with Voltage Circus in terms of like, uh, what are some of the services and who do you help? Do you help DJs and producers as well? So who who is it for? Yeah, so um, with Voltage Circus, actually, we have the agencies kind of like split up in two parts. Uh, one is Voltage Circus in general, the agency where we offer a kind of like a done-for-you service for larger international artists, uh, big ones that we work with are Rodriguez Jr., who's like does like melodic stuff, uh, Marlo, who is uh, more like the trans area. We have this um, German act called Lunax, who's really popular. Who's, uh, she just got won a golden record for uh, for a release that we did together with her last week. Um, so like these artists, and we pretty much they let's say they have a release and they want to get the best out of the release. So they come to us and then we do the release strategy together with them. Uh, if they have a marketing budget that they want to spend on the release, we run the advertisement for them because we know really well how you have to run advertisement so that it pushes Spotify streams or Spotify followers. Um, I don't know when they are doing a merchandise campaign, we do the merchandise ads for them. If they host on event, we do the ticket marketing for them. So we make sure that, they, that the event sells out. Um, I don't know, all these things, if they have a special announcement to make, you know, we make sure that the announcement gets, gets a good reach. Um, we are sort of their creative partner when it comes to their social media and how to build up a following. Um, earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that it's all about, everyone says it's all about building up a, a following. And this is kind of like the ultimate goal for the artists that we work with um, to help them to build up a, um, a very loyal fan base, these like so-called super fans to generate them. Because if you have a large, like you don't need to have uh, like millions of super fans. Actually, that's quite interesting. Uh, there's this uh, author called Kevin Kelly and he has this like 1000 true fans theory. Um, go and check it out. Um, it's super interesting. It's like, uh, I don't know, five minute read. And he pretty much says, if you manage to generate these like 1,000 true fans or super fans, as we call them, then it's actually financially um, like you can you can like these these 1,000 people they cover your expenses for for living, and you can be a full time artist. 
and that's what we help our our artists that work that we work with um we help them with uh, generating these uh, super fans this is a really interesting concept because sometimes we um i think many people tend to think that you need like a huge number of followers and millions of people like following you and this right there you know actually you don't actually you don't breaks if, if, that you, mindset. if you really if you really have this like 1000 true fans like 1000 super fans and then this means for every super fan that you have maybe you have like 10 to 20 to 50 just like loose kind of followers because um it's a process like everyone starts being just a loose follower and then you like over time you progress into a uh, into a super fan um there's this um i developed this uh, i call it a like fan conversion funnel where pretty much um it starts it's you can like really imagine like, it being a funnel and on top you have these like people that just have heard your music maybe they like i don't know they heard like they saw an advertisement from you they heard your track on the radio maybe they heard your track in the playlist and then on the bottom of the funnel you have these like super fans and you need certain types of content and like activities to sort of move these people through the funnel from top to bottom and uh if you do this over 10 years, 20 years, you know, you accumulate more and more of these super fans. And yeah, these are the ones that then, you know, buy your merchandise, uh, tell their friends about you, go to your shows, buy tickets. Uh, if you have like a vinyl release, you know, these are the ones that would buy your vinyl. And essentially, these are the ones that actually really spend money on your music because, you know, like from streaming, you actually don't get that much money. So, Yeah. That's like the ultimate goal or should be the ultimate goal of every artist to develop this uh, fan, fan conversion funnel. And that's what we help with. This is such a such a good concept, honestly. And uh, one of the questions that come to mind is, you know, when it comes to building this following and building this, I don't know, need or desire in people to follow someone like a DJ or an artist, what is it all about? You know, is it about the music? Is it about the personality? And maybe we can dive into branding a little bit. I'm not sure. But you know, like, for example, when it comes to podcasting or content marketing in general, it's like, you know, people start liking you, knowing you and then trusting you, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, guys, I was sick a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, you know, you build this authority and influence over time and you this, the no like and trust factor. Can it be translated into music marketing? Yeah, yeah. So is uh, your first question was, is it about the music? Is it about personality? It used yeah. to be about the music before the age of social media. And now the way how I see it is 80% uh, personality, 20% music. I mean, music needs to be good. I'm, I'm kind of like always assuming that the music needs to be good. If the music is shit, then, you know, people by now, they will, they will smell the bullshit and uh, they know that it's not real. But... In my opinion, with social media, the most important part, and that's also the artist that I sort of coach and also I do management for one artist now, I kind of signed him to my management because he had such an interesting personality. Mm -hmm. This is really something that I look out for when I sign music, when I sign artists for management. And it's, I kind of compare to, to the, to the process of dating someone um, with social media. Like we spoke before that you need to build up strong connections with your followers and you use or you utilize social media in order to build up a strong connection with your followers. And it's kind of like, you know, you date your fans through social media. Now, just uh, think of the, you know, the situation where you've met someone, um, you don't know anyone about the person, and then you go on the first date. And 
you know, the goal of the first date is to sort of build a connection with this person. And if you go to the date and uh, the person that's next to you or like sitting across from you, it just doesn't talk, doesn't say anything. It's just super boring. It's not interesting. Doesn't have anything he or she believes in. Doesn't lead a conversation and these things. There probably won't be a second date. And that's always what I tell artists that tell me, well, I don't need social media. I don't want to be posting on Instagram. I don't want to tell people about myself. You have to see it the same way, you know, then people go, like they discover you and it's the first date, they go to your social media. And if there's no information about you, nothing that you stand for, nothing that you're interested in, it's just, you're just a boring personality. And these people probably, they won't build a connection with you. On the other hand, uh, if you manage to be like a super interesting personality and you actually also share topics that you're interested in outside of music, uh, like fashion or like if you're really into sports or if you are really into veganism or like some other political activism that people can relate to. I love it. The people, they're so much more likely to make, uh, to build a strong connection with you as an artist. And that also leads to having more of these super fans that, you know, have a more of a financial interest for you. So um, there are some good examples. Like I really like this new artist called Ogus. He's a, he's like a hard techno artist that's really emerging at the moment. It's crazy. I think he's he started DJing during COVID and uh, he sells out uh, all night long shows in 5,000 people venues now after two years. And if you check out the social media, it's incredible. Like you you see, you go to the social media and straight away you're like captured by his personality. You're like, oh my God, who is this guy? This guy's so interesting. He's like, you know, he's like, uh, I mean, he's this dude. He's like shirtless. He always DJs shirtless. He has his like, his whole back's like full of tattoos and everything. And he would be this kind of personality. When he enters the room, the full attention is on this person. And this is, uh, in my opinion, the ideal scenario for making it in the music industry in the age of social media. Man, I'm loving this topic. We haven't <laughs> planned to go this way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, you know, how you plan and how you go. But, you know, this personality topic is like so intangible for me. It's, is it kind of like similarly to you know, um, nature or nurture, right? So it's like, do you have it or you don't have it? Can you nurture it? Can you build it? For example, yeah. when it comes to personality, like I could imagine that we can build a persona around me for social media or anyone, right? But is this personality, do you think it's something that's given, something that's given or something that you can actually build or nurture around someone? So the lucky ones for them, it's given. Uh, their life is a bit easier. Uh, but it's just as tal like talent, you know, you're, you're, you can be a talented soccer player, but in the end, the very successful ones are the ones that practice the most. So I actually, I was thinking about this a lot and also thought about the concept where you can be very introverted and you can see your social media and your gigs that you play as a stage. So, I mean, when you play a gig, then you are on stage, obviously, but you can also see your social media as a stage and you can develop a persona for yourself and then you can play this role. And I actually, I had, uh, I was working with one artist who was very, very introverted and we ended up uh, getting a, uh, like a theater coach. I don't know what the, what the English word is, sorry. Like he got speaking practice coach. for like, yeah, like a speaking coach, but also for like, um, like acting, uh, acting, acting, no? acting coaching yeah coaching for for acting nice and sort of he and then it was also <laughs> easier for him because he was so introverted but um he could stay introverted and then when it became when it when it was the time to do a social media post he just slipped into the role that they defined and that was the role that he was playing and that was also the content that he was then producing and uh this actually worked really well 
And uh, I mean, the personas always doesn't need to, or doesn't need to be like, like super outgoing uh, personality. You can be a little bit introverted. Um, you just need to be interesting. Like there are a lot of introverted, interesting people out there. And then, but it needs also it kind of needs to feel natural. Like don't don't do something that is not you. But in like some way, you know, you can alter your personality a little bit and make it more interesting. Yeah, I love it, to be honest. And I can imagine that you will attract different uh, kind of people. So you have the personality and you will attract based on that, you know, other types of people will be able to relate. Uh, maybe you can be strategic, like who do you want to attract as your audience and then play play with it a little bit. Like when it comes to like uh, you also mentioned, like some of the interest areas that you share besides music, right? Like fashion, whatever it is. Exactly. A good good example here is also Stella Bossi, the artist. A lot of people probably know her by now. Yeah. Who's more like is she really a DJ or is she more like an memes. is she an influencer? Is she an influencer? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got to know her through through her memes actually, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she does crazy stuff. I think she has more than a million followers now. I know that, like designer brands like Louis Vuitton, you know, they want to work with her because she created such an interesting brand for her, which is like it's super in your face. It caters at these like rave kiddies. Um, also with like the use of drugs and everything that she has in her content. It's nothing that works for everyone, but uh, for her, she really found a niche with this and it's uh, it's amazing. Like she's also the way how she grew over the last three years is, is incredible. It's really interesting to be honest. You know, when I think about um, some of the listeners that might have like a, a job and they do DJing uh, as a side hustle and they want to start maybe getting into music production as well, they have very limited time. So what would you recommend to those people when it comes to like, you know, starting building their brand or social media? Like what should they focus on first? I know a lot of things depend on the goal. <laughs> like what's your yeah. goal, right? Yeah. Um, but um, let's say the goal is to kind of like build a community that we actually talked about, like a little bit of fan base uh, as a side hustle. Like how would you start? Yeah, so um, first of all, it's super important to know what the goal is because depending on the goal, this is the effort that you have to put into the project. Um, if your goal is just to play locally in your city um, and just, uh, you know, maybe play nationally, but don't you don't have the goal to play at Tomorrowland or Awakenings main stage at some point, then it's a bit easier. But let's aim for the people that um, really want to break through and make a living as an artist. Um, you definitely need to hustle hard. I would say like 30 to 40 hours per week you need to spend on the project. And I know people always laugh and I laugh and I say this and then they're like, okay, well, look, I'm working uh, like 40 hours a week. How can I possibly do this? And uh, it's definitely possible to do this. You know, you can wake up at five in the morning. This is a great book called The 5 a.m. Club, which I recommend everyone to read. It's uh, amazing. Robin Sharma. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I know, you know the book, but I haven't read it. Actually, I have the book, but I haven't read it yet. <laughs> you should read it. It's, it's, very, it's very cool. Um, actually, if you really, if you want to break through as an artist, you need to hustle. Uh, you need next to your full-time job or like a part-time job, you need to work 30 to 40 hours per week on your music project. And that uh, you can wake up early. You can work after your, your daytime job. You can work one day on the weekend. Um, so that's all possible, but it's really, really tough. And but for the ones that actually manage to to do this, then it's possible for them to have a career in music. Um, so that means you have the time available, even though you work as a full as a like you have a full time job or a part time job to pay your bills. And then it's really about creating content. So on the one side, I don't mention the music production process so much because, as I mentioned, that's I see this as a given. You know, you need to put time and effort into making music. 
uh, but I'm not a music production coach or like um, I have nothing to do with the music production process. I just get when the music is done, then I start working. So when the music is done, then you need to make time available to, you know, create content, uh, think brainstorm content, try out different things. Uh, you're never good from the get-go. You have to try different things, you know, see what other people are doing. Don't don't copy them, but kind of like take inspiration from their content and sort of imitate them. Yeah, I really like these numbers. Just to recap, uh, 30, 40 hours a week. And then you also said 50, 50%, like 50 on music production, let's say, or your skill set, let's say. And then 50 on, on marketing and yeah, exactly. like selling your stuff. Yeah, so let's say 20, 20 hours a week in the studio, 20 hours on marketing and content creation, and then... It's a full-time job, right? So It's a full-time job, yeah. And uh, you know you know how many DJs, aspiring DJs are out there and how many make it. So it's only the ones that really put in the work. So if you want to be, want to make a living as an artist and you're working less than 20 hours a week on your music project, um, I would say don't lie to yourself. You don't have the real ambition to really make it. 20 hours a week is the bare minimum that you need to spend on a music project, rather 30 or 40 hours. And if you have a if you have a full time job, even a part time job, it it can be it's possible, challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. it's possible. I mean, it's it's a, it's possible, a hustle. Yeah. It's a struggle. Don't uh, you know if you if you're blessed and you have a job that is paying well, then you know make sure you earn I don't know thousand five hundred euros a month and live in a shitty ass apartment and you know don't go out and eat every like eat out every day, but uh, just make the bare minimum. Spend the rest of your time on music because then you can with thousand five hundred euros you can. You know, actually, you can work two and a half days a week and then you have the rest you have for music. If you are not so fortunate and don't have such a well-paying job, then you just got to hustle more, you know. Then you work uh, these four or five days a week and uh, you get up early. After work, you come home, you, you hustle more. Absolutely. I mean, I can definitely relate, right? And uh, such a situation can actually train you to think more about what matters the most in terms of like... Yeah. For example, if you want to make the transition, you focus on what brings revenue, uh, what what brings money to the table. So, for example, I don't know, DJ gigs, right? Or other revenue streams, you start thinking about revenue streams instead of like, you know, spending hundreds of hours of making a track, uh, which is like nice, of course, you can do that. But like, if you want to turn this into a profession, then eventually you have to think about like, how do I make money? Did you work with uh, people that had full-time jobs, maybe part-time jobs and made this transition and what was really helpful for them? Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, imagine you are working, let's say, let's do 30 hours. You have a 30-hour job and you work 30 hours on your music. That means you have 15 hours for marketing and networking and all these things. That means you actually have time to really harass all the club bookers and, you know, venues, re do research because you have this time available, you know, you need to do something with this time. And you can really, with this, you have enough time to, you know, discover the parties where you can play, where you can actually start playing these like smaller 200 people venues, which pays, I don't know, 200 euros, 300 euros, um, but that's already money that's, that's coming in. So it's definitely possible for newcomer DJs to um, sort of earn a little bit on the side already through DJing. And then all the other things like music streaming, that's difficult in the beginning because you actually need quite some streams in order to really make a significant amount of money. Uh, the publishing, that's also a big uh, income factor for DJs or for like for artists. That's also coming a bit later when you start to play your music on bigger festivals or other people are starting it, playing it on bigger festivals or it gets streamed on television and radio. 
Uh, but actually, you can, you really can uh, get your get yourself gigs in the beginning. And that's also something that I said at the Berlin Dance Music event at my panel that in the beginning, a newcomer artist needs to do everything themselves. Like usually, or I get it so many times that newcomer artists, they come to me and they think, okay, if I sign with this manager now, magically my career will become successful. But it's actually not the case in the beginning. Artists always need to do the hustle themselves and put in the work, put in the hours themselves. And with this work and hours, get own bookings. And this is how you develop your first revenue stream. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's... Um... I was thinking about this because you you have to do everything on your own. Um, but like, is there a point where you kind of like recommend when DJs should start reaching out to venues, booking agents or whatever it is? Like, should they build like a certain, I don't know, number of followers, like a decent profile or content around them or? Artists, they need to have to shit together. Um, and that means you should aim at a thousand followers good and engaging content you actually don't need so many followers in order to get your first gigs mm -hmm. i don't know 500 to 1000 followers everyone can get 500 to 1000 friends to like their page and you start creating good content you have maybe one or two releases out and um that's when you can start approaching clubs uh you need to do it properly and then from there so if you grow don't like with 1000 followers and two releases out it doesn't make sense to message booking agencies because first you need to put in the work yourself and then at some point, booking agencies will come naturally. This is, uh, when you when you already play shows, um, then you know bigger agencies they come and then they are actually approaching you. So in the beginning, first get your own bookings, like get your shit together. One, two, get your own bookings. Um, and this is also so important to build up uh, this like strong fan base uh, because just online it's hard to build up a very very strong fan base because people, I mean, they kind of follow you, they see your content. But it really takes a connection in the beginning, like a personal connection. For example, you play a show and someone is at the show to build this uh, strong fan base. And best is to start, always start uh, locally, then nationally, and then internationally. So start locally in your city where you live. Um, if there's a small scene, I don't know, do host your own party, for example, build up uh, like a following around the party. And from there, then when you have this like buzz going on in your city, then you start to become interesting for venues outside of your city, like nationally. For example, I'm, I live in Cologne. For example, you are popular in Cologne. And then it might make sense to do a booking in Berlin because, you know, people from Berlin and Cologne, they're like kind of connected. And some people kind of know your name already. And then they would come out to your show and you sell them tickets. But that's more like the, you know, that's the way how you should go. And then by the time that you kind of play in all these like, gigs national like all these venues nationally then it starts to make sense to work with a booking agency but not before if you have zero gigs it makes zero sense to be with a booking agency such a such amazing golden nuggets <laughs> to be honest for the listeners i want to be respectful of your time uh, i just want to make sure because i don't know if you've mentioned uh, uh academy so people yeah. can learn um all these things at the academy here comes the self-promotion <laughs> yeah exactly I, I think you mentioned the done for you business and and yeah. and um the academy they're like recorded videos we we stopped there um so we have with walter circus we have the done for you um agency where we work with these like big international artists and then I also really like to work with the newcomer artists because there's so many newcomer artists which make amazing music, but actually they don't have the skills and the knowledge to market themselves. And I mean, we have the, the knowledge to how to market uh, international artists, but also how to market newcomer artists. 
So that's also something I did uh, during COVID where I recorded pretty much all of the knowledge that I have. I, like I don't hold back on anything. And like all the questions that I constantly kept uh, getting asked from newcomer DJs on how to do what, how to do certain things. And I developed this thing called Voltage Circus Academy, uh, which has now, I think, around 60 hours of video content. We have, I think, 15 chapters um, on branding, on how Spotify works, how to run social media ads, how to do bookings yourself, how to network in the music industry, how in general, how the music industry works and just all the stuff pretty much. Uh, there's a chapter about music law that we're developing at the moment, how to like start your own label, how to run a label and so on. So all the stuff that you need or that a newcomer artist needs to know in order to get to the point where they will be interesting for a booking agency or manager. So these like first like 30, 20, 30, 40% of their career, which you're supposed to do on your own. So we put all this knowledge together in this uh, in Watcher Six Academy, and um, yeah, pretty much have this uh, training for newcomer artists. Uh, you can join for a year. You get all the video content, and then four times a week. So always Monday till Thursday, we have a an open format Zoom session where the artists can come in. They can ask questions. Uh, they can get personal feedback on the things that they're doing on social media and so on. I love it. It's it's amazing. We get amazing feedback. Um, if you want to check it out on Trustpilot, we. Uh, we kind of uh, collect the feedback over there. Uh, we get amazing feedback. Uh, we have one artist. She had zero gigs, actually. And she started with the program. And she's really rocking it. And she's at, I think she plays like one or two shows a week now. And uh, all over Germany already. She's got like, she has features on like Sunshine Live, like the biggest German dance radio station and stuff like this. It's uh, I'm super, super happy about the program. It's uh, We get amazing feedback. And uh, it's actually working. Love it. I feel like these are the stages, right? So first you start to start figuring out everything on your own in terms of like, okay, like I go on YouTube and, and then I realize it would be better if I had a course because then yeah. I can go through step by step, right? There's a, a blueprint, right? And then, uh, and then the done for you, which is like managing artists or DJs. Um, what are you looking for in DJs and artists when you take someone for management? Like what's needed? So with management, I'm very, very selective. As I say, I in the past, I managed two artists. Now I'm down to one artist. And because it needs a lot of time for me, like I w actually, I want to be able to put in the time for this artist um, to push the artist. Um, so I'm because I'm so social media driven and I have this like whole concept of, OK, you need to have your own like very strong personality. I actually look for strong personalities. So pretty much the stuff that I teach, if the artists are doing this right in terms of social media, then that's already a good step. And then I'm also looking, I prefer to work with artists that actually produce their own music. Uh, these days, there are a lot of artists that don't produce their own music, which I have nothing against. But I just, I like to be able to work with a lot of content, a lot of demos, a lot of music that's being produced. Uh, so I'm looking for this, this combination of someone that's being really good in the studio and has a good understanding of social media and can demonstrate this already. And then because I'm a hustler, I like to work six hours a week. I'm looking for artists that are also hustling. Nice. I love it. Love it. Any specific genre or no? Uh, well, actually music, obviously. Um, I used to do commercial also in the beginning, uh, but now I focus on uh, techno and house and yeah, melodic, like the underground electronic music genres. My man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it. So if people want to get in touch with you just because of this, where can people find you online and how can they best reach you? Uh, so they can the Vulture Circus Academy. Um, just Google Vulture Circus Academy, or you can it's uh, Vulture Circus minus Academy dot com. 
if you are a newcomer DJ and you want to get involved in the the training, um, if you are an established artist, you can just check out just Google Voltage Circus. That's for the agency. And you can find me on Instagram. It's my first name, G-E-R-N-O-T underscore M-L-L-R, which is my last name is Mueller. And I just make like a short form. So it's journal underscore M-L-L-R. But probably if you Google, uh, like if you if you Google Watcher Circus, we have an Instagram for Watcher Circus Academy. I'm linked in there. So that's also how you can find me. Amazing. And to help the listeners, the links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website resonant.com forward slash podcast um actually do you have like a hidden dj video somewhere on youtube or uh <laughs> if someone of, is like of, super curious type of, you know? of me something of me djing yeah, uh, yeah there is actually there's one on uh online um i will put it in the show notes <laughs> yeah you put it in the show notes i'll send it to you uh it's of me djing at this uh, club called escape that i mentioned where i was a resident it's actually kind of cool video but i was playing commercial music and uh, Love it, man. I'll, I'll send it to you i'll, I'll dig it out and uh I'll i didn't i didn't think i was like i'm just gonna joke you know <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no no they are, the video. there are these these kind of videos of me yeah <laughs> Love it. Amazing. Amazing. And um, yeah, so we're coming to the end of the episode. And uh, my last question is, um, what is your future aspirations? And you know, how do you see yourself in the next one year or so? So I want to bring uh, Watch Sex Academy to more newcomer artists, to more aspiring artists that say, I want to make a living out of music at some point. So that's the one thing where me and my team were really working on this on, uh, you know, pushing the, the academy. On the other side, I want to really push the artist uh, that I have in the management now. His name is Resurrect, um, really talented techno artist, and uh, sort of his goals are kind of my goal, my goals to you know bring him on the biggest stages out there. Uh, thank you, man. Uh, good luck with those aspirations, and thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super, super nice. I appreciate you joining me for this episode of the Break Into the Scene podcast today. If you want to receive regular updates about new episodes, make sure to sign up at resonant.com forward slash podcast news. That's resonant.com forward slash podcast news. If you want to check out the detailed show notes and free resources, make sure to visit our website, resonant.com forward slash podcast. That's resonant.com forward slash podcast. I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. I will catch you next time. And until then, just keep it real my friend.